Chun Lee, Jackie Doe. New kicks to call me Kim Capable. Drop the bread up enough to jig stack it up. Bills do with keto. They ain't even stacking up. Out of hustling. Different continents. Corn exchange trades, and I ain't got no common sense. No teachers, like I can't take a compliment. Committed to the game, but hard to be monogamous. Too many fish in the sea, and I want to see you. You gotta be up to the way to be up in my DM. Splash. Handle my own lane, ain't got no time for BM. Already in the car, let's get BM. And on my toilet paper, too black. Pretend to fall through when you wish you fall with blue sky. And on my toilet paper, too black. Pretend to fall through when you wish you fall with blue sky. And on my toilet paper, too black. Pretend to fall through when you wish you fall with blue sky. And on my toilet paper, too black. Hey guys, what's going on? What's going on? Welcome to the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast. This is episode 32. Hope everyone's having a good Friday. Hope everyone's having a good week. All that good stuff, all that fun stuff. Uh, me, I'm chilling. Hasn't been that bad. Hasn't been that bad at all, actually. Um, been a pretty relaxing week for me. And uh, I've just kind of been lazing about. I feel like uh, all the lack of rest that I haven't been doing, <laughs> that, you know, uh, it's finally caught up to me, so I was pretty lazy, like, I woke up today at, like, 10, I, I was so tired, and I didn't even stay up super late, I want to say I went to bed, like, I called it a little before 1, so that may seem late, but, like, that's not super late for me normally, I think it's just the fact that I was so exhausted that it got to that point where I'm just, I'm out like a light, <laughs> So I'm recording this a little later so it'll, in the day, so it'll probably go up a little later than normal. But hey, it is what it is. What are we talking about today? Um, I didn't really have a main topic today. I think we're just going to be going over some random stuff. I didn't have a lot of stuff planned. Like I said, I was uh, mainly lazing about. Um, so let's just jump into quick news, and then we'll go from there, because there's uh, a few things I wanted to talk about today. But... Uh, Quick news, not a lot of quick news for me, purely because I haven't been paying attention to a lot of shit this week, but um, in the gaming world, uh, Persona 5 Scramble had a has a demo out now that I believe you can play on the Switch and the PS4. Um, it's only out in Japan, but uh, apparently it's really easy to get your uh, Switch to work on the like the Japanese server kind of stuff. And actually download and play the demo. I have a, a buddy of mine that played the demo. He said it's really fun. His only like negative was like mainly pertaining to the demo itself because in the demo you can only play as Joker. Throughout how whatever you do during the demo, he would have liked to play as more characters during it. But that's a negative that's only like kind of constricted to the demo itself and not the game as a whole. We we know we're going to be able to play as multiple characters in this game as it's confirmed in the trailers and the gameplay and all of that stuff. So, yeah, so Persona 5 Scramble trailer. Uh, I believe you can preload Animal Crossing New Horizons right now onto your Switch if if you've got the game and you're ready to pre-download it. I believe you can already do that. Uh, I think I, I saw a few people talking about it today. I didn't see any articles about it, but I saw a couple of people on my friends list bring it up. So don't don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure you can. I believe 
my friends, and these are people that I know in real life, not just through like Facebook and shit. So don't quote me, but I'm I'm kind of strongly in the 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 side of you can preload uh, New Horizons. So if you got New Horizons, are you planning to buy it? You can already download it, and then I guess when it comes out, you can start playing. So that's cool, and I think there's like some kind of like special download code, some offers. I, I would have to look it up to find out more. Um, but that's it for games. In terms of uh, anime-related stuff and show-related stuff, um, I'm pretty sure it's fully confirmed that uh, One Piece is indeed getting a Netflix live-action show. Uh, I believe it's coming out next year. And Oda is supposed to be having some kind of role or part in it, in its production and its creation. So, people are hopeful. I personally don't think it'll translate well. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, honestly. You ne- you never know. You never know until it happens. And I could be completely and utterly wrong, and this time they get it right. They got Oda on it. You know, it's a creator. But... Um, just because you have someone who created something on the project doesn't mean the project's necessarily always going to be good. I don't think uh, One Piece World Seeker is that great of a game, and Oda, I think, wrote the plot to that. So I'm not blaming Oda for World Seeker being a bad game. I'm blaming, you know, the game development and all that stuff in general on World Seeker. I think World Seeker is a bad game. That's personally my opinion. Big old, nice-looking, open-adventure world with absolutely nothing fucking in it. Um, The gameplay looks really stale and boring to me. The only cool part that I thought, besides, like, graphically, the only cool part of World Seeker I, like, thought... The only part of World Seeker I thought was cool was um, slingshotting and flying around the map as Luffy. I thought that shit looked fun. Like, that looked really fun to do, just slinging around, but it didn't look like there was a lot to do, and it didn't look super exciting to me. That's my personal opinion, though. Um, so yeah, One Piece live action, be on the lookout for that. Um, see, like I said, I didn't, I didn't, um, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in the sphere of the world. Oh, uh, the BoJack Horseman last eight episodes came out last week. If you don't know what BoJack Horseman is, it's a animated series that uh, was on Netflix, is on Netflix. It uh, just finished up its uh, last season. The last eight episodes came out um, last week. So that ended. I don't want to talk about it yet because I have not watched the last episodes yet. When I get the time to watch the last episodes, I think I'm going to dedicate a whole podcast episode to the series as a whole. Because that is a really good show. Um, if you're going through anything like in life, whether it be like physical, emotional, mental health kind of thing, especially like that show is extremely relatable in terms of that. And Bojack, don't get me. Bojack Horseman is funny. Don't get me wrong, but it's funny in like a really dark humor sort of like it's funny in a way like. You know how depressed people, you know, laugh and stuff at jokes. It's it, it's that kind of vibe. But it feels so natural because it's so relatable to people going through those same or at least similar struggles. Six seasons, dude. Oh, it is worth the ride. It is such a good show. I'm sad to see it go, 
But at the same time, it's like, you know, quit while you're ahead kind of thing. And it feels right that it's ending here, you know? I haven't watched the last eight episodes, but, like, at the point where I did watch, because they released the first half of the last season, and then the second half just got released. Um, watching those that first half, I was like, yeah, this feels like it's about time it comes to its conclusion. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you haven't watched BoJack Horseman before, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's an animated show. Looks a little silly, but, like, it, it's... It, trust me. Watch it. It is fantastic. You will be wrapped up in that world. It's really, really, really good. Uh, you'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll feel it. <laughs> um, oh, okay. You know what? No. I'll talk about this a little bit in a little bit after the quick news is all together done because I want to talk about it a little more. I feel like instead of having a main topic, we're just going to have like several things I'm going to talk about and go over. Um, I think for quick news, though, that's kind of it. Games and then, like, TV I didn't have a lot to say about. Like I said, I didn't, wasn't paying attention to you guys. That's my bad. I'm, I've been lazing about this week. I did some writing stuff, but in terms of focus, I, it was all over the place. Um, manga, uh, the Gray Man released a new chapter last week, honestly. I actually, I believe it did. Yeah, I believe it was last week. So if you want to read the Gray Man, I, I it was one of my recommendations. Just letting you know, a new chapter of the Gray Man did go up. <laughs> so be just as confused as the rest of us. Uh, I believe a new chapter of Blue Exorcist also went up recently, and then My Hero Academia is a weekly thing. So just tune it every week. Oh. That's another thing to talk about. See, we're going to be talking about a couple of things. And it's it's all just coming to mind right now. Uh, so, I think that's about it for, like, quick news stuff. I don't really think there's anything else to, left to discuss. That's going on in my brain. There's probably plenty. Like I said, I wasn't paying attention to the world this week. Uh, I was in my own little headspace. Um, so, yeah. So, moving on to, like, recommendations. Let me recommend some stuff for you guys. In terms of anime, uh, something we're going to be talking about today, too, for a little bit. Because I've only watched the first two episodes. And when I was watching it, there were five up. And there might be, like, six about to be upcoming and up in a minute. But the the anime is called uh, Keep Your Hands Off Izokin. I believe that's how it's pronounced, Izokin. Um, this show, if you're into animation... Uh, if you're trying to, you know, make your own cartoon or anime style show, work in the animation field or into that kind of information and artwork, if you're like a dreamer like that going around those lines, this is the show for you. Like, this is a good fucking show if you're really interested in that stuff. And it's, I really, I really, really like it. Uh, even though like I personally am not, I can't draw to save my life. I can't do any of that animation kind of stuff. Not good at it. I'm a writer. Uh, I don't draw really well. But uh, coming from, like, the viewpoint of the main character and how she was younger and saw, like, this adventure anime show or film that she saw when she was a kid and just being immediately wrapped up in that world and just, like, this sense of adventure that she craved, she got that... that hook that fixation from watching that stuff and just got hooked on it ever since. Like, I vibe to that so hard. I, 
that's the reason why I want to write is because of stories and shows that, like that that I saw as a child. Like you're just like this sense of adventure is being fulfilled in this form of media, and I don't necessarily want to make an animated show. Like I would love if uh, another random tale got animated into a cartoon as long as we had it strongly made on our terms and, and not have a lot of stuff changed of it uh, working on the comic book right now but I I vibe to that immediately like and that's like in the first within the first five minutes of the first episode probably even less than that that's I was hooked like oh that feeling they got that feeling portrayed. Like, the whole beginning portion of that sense of adventure and making stories and making worlds, mainly is what it was. Um, they, they, that story captivates that and hooks that in so well. Um, so we'll be talking about that a little bit more in a minute. I watched the first two episodes. I really love that show. So yeah, uh, if you haven't watched it yet and you're into animation, um, uh, production of the, of anime, wanting to get into that world, anything like that. Even a writer like me, just, like, writing. Um, you will love this. It's called, uh, Keep Your Hands Off Izoken. I believe, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's pronounced Izoken. Uh, so there's that. Uh, manga recommendations? I've already recommended Blue Exorcist, the Gray Man. Oh! I recommend Madaka Box. And I know I've talked about Madaka Box a number of times before on the podcast. A couple of times. It's in my favorite, like, series. And I put it in my favorite anime series, but I, I more so put it in this... I think I counted counted um, that list for both anime and manga, just because it's a mixed bag. Uh, read Madaka Box, don't watch Madaka Box, because one, um, they don't even get to the best arc of the story. In Madaka Box, really? Like, they get to that, like, that hinting of that next part, and then they don't do it. And I was like, oof. And uh, I don't think the anime captured what Madaka Box was that well. Um, I feel like they missed a mark on some points. Uh, that the manga, that the manga just made some fantastic arcs and some fantastic little puzzle kind of bat it's it's cool and the way like it jumps around with its genre is like so natural but so wacky like it's like oh this is like a slice of life haha no it's a shonen haha it's a romance <laughs> it like it really fucking it's not like oh it's a mixed bag of all of these it's like it's jumping around through genres every arc but it feels so natural it's like, yeah, you know what? This is still Madaka Box, and I really like that. It's it's not a long story either. I think it's only like two hundred and something chapters. But I I read it really fucking quick. I remember reading it really really fast back when I was in uh, college. I would read it in between my classes and when I got home. Um, really quick read, really enjoyable time. So yeah, Madaka Box is a, a manga I definitely recommend. Game. What games do I recommend? What what's a game that I would recommend? Who the fuck cares what Kyle is playing though? Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> um a game that I would recommend, uh if you have the time, if you have a DS, you have a DS emulator, it's not that hard to get a DS emulator, honestly. They they run pretty smooth. Most of them do. I think the the best one that I used to use 
back in the day was uh, Desmune or Desmune, something like that. Um, it's a DS game. It's a JRPG, and it's a Dragon Ball Z JRPG. Uh, I feel like this is I don't like I don't like using the word underrated, but I feel like this shit is so underrated. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Attack of the Sands is a good fucking game. If you like Dragon Ball Z and if you like JRPGs, like the, the turn-based stuff, you will love this game. Um, the game takes place from a little, like a few years before that final uh, tournament in Dragon Ball, and from there all the way through the Saiyan arc. So that's the whole game, but you know, they have those little fillery bits uh, to fill in story, but it's enjoyable throughout the whole thing. Because they really capture that classic uh, Toriyama Dragon Ball world style of writing where, like, they have those funny moments, they have those quirky characters and moments in, in like, from the show. Like, they, it, it gives off a strong Dragon Ball vibe. And it is a fun RPG to play, dude, let me tell you. Like, uh, certain things might involve timing for your moves, you have special attacks and abilities, uh... They have team attacks for you to figure out throughout the thing. So if you and an ally do a certain sparking, like a certain move while you're like in the sparking mode, like you'll do crazy little team combinations. And there's so many of them. And it's only through the sand arc. So you play as six characters throughout the game. You play as Krillin, Tien, Yamcha, Goku, Piccolo, and Gohan. And that's how you that's what you play as throughout the game. It's the Saiyan Saga, so of course the last boss is Vegeta. Uh, and there's a secret boss that you can fight, and it's, uh, you know what, I don't even want to spoil the secret boss, but it is fucking hard. Like, I've only beaten the secret boss once, and I was never able to do it again. Uh, and they hint at a sequel. Like, they hinted, like, yeah, we'll, we'll do the whole Frieza thing, and it didn't get a fucking sequel, and I, I hate the fact that it didn't to this day. So I don't like using the term underrated, but please, pick this game up. Look up some gameplay or something. Uh, the reason why I bring it up is because uh, there's there's been a couple articles that got posted about Attack of the Sands recently, calling it an underrated classic that no one played. And I fucking fully agree. I, I, like I said, I don't like using the terms overrated, underrated, uh, overhyped, all that stuff, but... This one, I feel like not a lot of people know about that people would really fucking love. They really got that Dragon Ball Z RPG formula right. It's so much fun. The story is fun to do. Side stuff is fun to do. Just playing along, is it, it's, it's a blast, man. Unlocking moves as you level up and get your abilities up. You can make your abilities stronger. Do more combo damage. Get items and gear to boot. It's 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 a full fledged RPG. It is an RPG. Like it's a lot of people I know. Like I know a lot of people have been saying Kakarot is fun, but it doesn't feel all the way RPG. Like it feels like I don't want to say it's like a fake RPG, but because it, it's not. There's definitely plenty of RPG elements in it. It it feels like it's not hitting all those things just right. So, that's why a lot of people are saying, if you're a real Dragon... Like, if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, like, you'll love this game. If you're not a Dragon Ball Z fan, and more of an RPG fan, you'll probably think it's alright, or like, eh. And that's fine, because they're just trying to hit that niche audience at that perfect point. 
So the game did what it was intended to do. But um, if you're RPG fan or Dragon Ball fan or both, you will love Attack of the Sand. So I highly recommend that. And yeah, movies. Um, what's a good movie that I can recommend for you guys? I'm trying to think of something. I don't want to say something that I know people, a bunch of people have like already watched. You know what I mean? I I'm not a huge like movie buff kind of dude. Which is why it's kind of hard for me to recommend stuff sometimes. Um. <laughs> I mean, if you like Steven Universe, man, the Steven Universe movie was pretty fucking dope. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's harder for me to recommend. I want to recommend movies because I do like a lot of movies. But then I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, I don't want to recommend something that a bunch of people have already watched. So, I'll probably work on that. Maybe I gotta get my movie cloud up. That's that's probably what I'll do. Probably just get my movie game up. But, um, anywho, let's move along to uh, the Yu Yu Hakusho review and then we'll move on to these topics. So, Yu Yu Hakusho, episode four, Requirements for Love. This episode is um, a very straightforward one. We're just about about to reach the finale of the the first arc, you could say, of Yu Yu Hakusho, which is um, Yusuke trying to get his body back, this whole ordeal to get his life back kind of arc. Um, there's one more episode, but in this episode, uh, a young girl, a spirit looking like a young girl comes in, and she apparently is uh, checking up and making sure that people actually want Yusuke back. To life, like, is there a, a good enough reason, strong enough purpose, da-da-da-da-da, and she's checking in. Mainly, she's uh, interested in investigating Keiko, uh, since the two seem to be close and in love, even though Yusuke continuously denies it. Uh, this episode's really straightforward. We should be able to get through this one quick. The whole plot is uh, she shows up to do that. They're following Keiko around, and Homegirl can't, for the life of her, understand why Keiko is so involved with Yusuke when Yusuke, you know, has this record of being a delinquent and a tough guy ditching school, whereas Keiko's high grades, um, very, very noteworthy in school. She's pretty, like, people like her. People who aren't, guys who aren't delinquents try to come up and talk to her, and she always turns them down because she's waiting for Yusuke. She knows Yusuke's coming back, and she doesn't want to be with another dude. She wants to be with Yusuke. As, and though Yusuke always is saying, like, we're, is always saying, like, uh, we're not a couple, this and that, he always gets upset when a dude tries to talk to her. So, there's that whole thing going along with the episode. And then Keiko visits Yusuke's house to go check on his body. Of course, his mom's not there. She went out to go get drunk and party. The whole place is covered with trash. She's just like, oh my gosh. So Keiko's cleaning the place up. She stumbles. She almost falls on Yusuke. And she looks at him. She's like, oh, he's so cute. This and that. And she leans in for a kiss. And Botan and the girl investigating are super like, oh. And Yusuke wants it to be stopped. Uh, something interrupts outside, like a car alarm. Or like a, some dude on a, a bullhorn yelling outside about something going on. 
And Keiko's like, oh, I gotta go, this and that. So, you know, that cliche. Then we get into the second half of the episode, which is pretty much where the main conflict comes in. So, there's some kind of serial arsonist. Or someone would aggress something's happened. But a dude throws a burning, like a pretty much a Mazeltov cocktail, inside of Yusuke's house and sets Yusuke's house on fire. So, people are freaking out all around the neighborhood. Keiko goes back there just because she's like, oh, fuck, that's Yusuke's house. And his body is going to burn. And if he doesn't have a body to come back to life to, come back to, he cannot come back to life. He needs a body. So, so now we know that's also a requirement to come back to life for anybody. They need their body still. You can't bring anyone back to life. You can't put a soul back into a body with, with, without their body. That's clearly... Just, just throwing that out there, that's not anything too important that's going to happen throughout the series, but I just thought it was, like, an interesting point that, uh, that they, they very casually brought up into that, that conversation of the lore. It wasn't, like, a main focus, but you can just kind of put two and two together and see, like, oh, you need a body. So, anywho, UCS house is on fire, they're thinking of what to do. They don't know where Botan is, or uh, Keiko went, so Botan's gonna go try to get Kuwabara. He's spiritually aware, maybe he can help. And Yusuke's like, Kuwabara lives across fucking town. And she's just, <laughs> Botan's gonna be, Botan's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna try to get there as fast as I can. So that's happening. Uh, Keiko makes it back to Yusuke's place first, of course. And everyone's like, oh man, it's too hot. Uh, the flames. And she, Keiko's like, there's someone in there, and, she, and they're just like, it's too dangerous. Keiko calls some cowards, gets a bucket of water, pours it over herself so she's already wet to kind of maybe, uh, get the flames, get a little more flame resistant, pretty much. And she charges in. Meanwhile, Botan's trying to get Kuwabara's attention. Kuwabara is practicing fighting on a Yusuke Yurameshi dummy in his backyard. I love Kuwabara. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kubar is just fucking beating up a dummy set up in his backyard that looks like Yusuke. It's, it's like, only him. Only him. Um, so Bonehunt's trying to get his attention. She kind of uh, does a little swipe through his body. Even She, like, faces through him, but Kubar gets, like, a chill down his spine. He's like, yo, what the fuck was that? And then he notices off in the distance a bunch of smoke, and he's thinking, I feel like I should go there. So he starts heading down there. Uh, meanwhile, back at Yusuke's place, Keiko gets to Yusuke's body. She wraps it up in the blankets, and she's trying to drag him out. The flames are getting more intense. They're getting more hot. Smoke is pouring in. It does not look like Keiko is making it out of this fire alive. And Yusuke's panicked. Yusuke's freaking out. He's like, there has to be something we can do. There has to be something we can do. She shouldn't have fucking done this. Y Yusuke's, like, scared. He's really, really... He doesn't want her to die. So then they bring up, if you throw that egg that you've been feeding your spirit energy to, it'll use its power to help Keiko get away. But, if you do that in return... You lose that spirit beast. You've hatched that energy prematurely. So then you can't use that to get your body back. And without hesitation, Yusuke is just like, I don't give a fuck. There's no point in me being alive if it means Keiko has to die. So he 
fucking chucks that motherfucking egg into the fire. And it opens up a path that Keiko can walk to get out safely from the flames. It, like, pushes the flames aside and gets her straight to the door. Kuobara's there. He helps drag Yusuke's body out from the flames and get her out to safety. And after that, I believe the fire department shows up. And everything's everyone's safe. So, thankfully, that happened. Um... Kuobara's just like, what are you dragging anyway? And sees that it's Yusuke's body. Kuobara does not know Yusuke is coming back to life. The only people that know this is going to be happening, that Yusuke is alive somehow, are Keiko and Yusuke's mom, Atsuko. They're the only two people that know that in the living world. (laughs) So Kuobara is naturally like, what the fuck are you doing with Yurameshi's corpse? (laughs) And so they drag him out of there, and she's like, I'll explain everything, da 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 we gotta go before, you know. So they're talking, and, uh, Yusuke's just like, hey, don't get fresh with Keiko, cool, but, like, he's, you know, he's speaking from his side, but Botan, you know, he's, she's like, hey, you do realize that you can't come back now, there's nothing you can do, you threw that egg in, that was your ticket, it's, it's past." And Yusuke, it all starts to, you know, kind of hit him at once. He he knew he did it, but now he's coming to that realization. He's like, fuck, I really did it. There's there's nothing I can do to come back to life. So Yusuke kind of is just ready to accept his fate after a minute of just like, damn. He's just like, okay, let's go. Take me to the afterlife. Big ass spiritual astral projection koema appears in the sky, right? This is a... Little DSS Machina here, right? <laughs> um, he pretty much says that Yusuke, due to your efforts of uh, why did why did the words escape me like immediately? Because Yusuke did such a selfless act of uh, throwing that egg into the fire to save Keiko's life, giving up his chance to come back to save her showed, like, a truly compassionate side to him. Like, something like, he really does care about these people. And it showed something that he wasn't just some selfish, delinquent punk as well. That and saving the kid from the car accident earlier. I'm just, I'm just saying. So, Koema also says, like, hey, man, uh, it also shows me that you, you got, you got the, you got what it takes to give it your all on some stuff. Also, you've been dead, so you'll you'll have that natural ability to see spirits and ghosts when you come back to life. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So he's like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, you coming back, but there's a catch. So anywho, you they're not really paying attention to that. Yusuke got his body back, or Yusuke is get, getting his life back due to his selfless deed. And next episode, we're gonna get to the conclusion of uh, this arc, the finale of it all. And then the second half of that same episode thus starts where shit really goes down. So that's episode four. I feel like out of the first five episodes, because this is me thinking episode five too, but even like with just these four that we've talked about so far on the podcast, this is probably by far the weakest of the four. Like this is probably the weakest episode of the arc. And I know that sounds crazy because there was such that critical point of Yusuke's selfless act, but I kind of feel like the writing was a little 
bit muddled here and there. Just just certain things when I'm going back and thinking about it, I'm just like, eh. Like, the whole thing where, like, we gotta see if anyone really wants you back. It's like, I feel like that was already so well established in episode one that there's several people that were really, really sad that he was gone and would rather have him here at his wake. So, you know, like, um, Keiko, Kuwabara, his mom, uh, Iwamoto, the, I believe his name is Iwamoto, the principal dude, and the, the little boy, like, all those people showed that, like, hey, he was a good guy, like, this and that, like, people wanted him there. I thought that was kind of already established, so the fact that they had to have an episode where she was checking in, I feel like that was a little more pandering. I feel like a better way they could have made, Tagashi could have made that episode, or that chapter, you know what I mean, thinking manga-wise, um, is to have that egg, maybe her, she's checking on the egg more so than seeing if people want him back and merely checking on Keiko. It could have been that she was checking up on the spirit egg to, like, kind of give him, like, a lowdown of what was going on, talk about the egg a little more, maybe give a little insight on it, and then she kind of gets nosy about his connection to Keiko, and that's what leads into the episode with the fire, and they could have done the whole throw the egg in. That, 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 I, I rather, I think would be better. Also, the whole thing with, um... This one's not as big of a deal as what I was talking about before with the whole, like, we already know people want him back, so why are they checking in if he should be coming back? Uh, this one is just a little more of a petty thing for me, but um, Koema ex Machina, I, I feel like that was a little weird, because if Koema had the ability to just be like, hey, yeah, we'll give you a life back in the end of the day, like, why didn't he just do that to begin with? And... I understand it's because of the story, like, you gotta see if he deserves it, this and that with the spirit egg, this, for plot later, of course. That's, that's how all story writing is, because of plot. I, I'm not the type of person to be like, damn, plot really holds this nigga. It's just like, yeah, that's how the story is written. Plot gives this person the potential to do this. Plot gives this person the ability to do this and this, regardless of how you feel about it. That's how plot is made. So I get that, but at the same time, it's just like, Yusuke deserved his life back regardless because he was not supposed to die yet. You know what I mean? Like, like they, they say, like, oh, you weren't supposed to be dead yet. We don't have a place for you right now. So then they give him the chance or the opportunity to get his body back and he has to do this stuff. Why can't he just get his body back? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, it was, I, I feel like that was weird. I feel, it's not really that big of a deal, because at the same time you could say, like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, pull some strings and get your life back anyway. So, like, maybe he had to do the ordeal, but since Koema is making an exception due to what happened, he's gonna pull some strings and get Yusuke's body still. But at the same time, I just felt like, I just thought it was weird, like, looking back on it in hindsight. In hindsight. So I feel like this is, like, overall the weakest episode so far. It's not a bad episode, by no means it's not, but out of the four we've I've reviewed and thought of, talked about and discussed so far, I think this one is, is at the bottom for me, personally. Uh, what do I think is the best episode? Uh, subjectively, my favorite episode so far is episode three, uh, with Kuwabara, that's my nigga. Um, objectively, I think the best episode so far is episode two. 
where uh, Yusuke had to make sure his body doesn't get fucking cremated. Because it sets up a lot of stuff with, like, Kuwabara being able to see spirits and this and, and uh, Keiko and Yusuke's relationship even stronger and stronger. That sigh of relief when Keiko and Yusuke's mom realize, aww, <laughs> like, he's gonna be okay, you know, those kind of things. So, uh, objectively, I feel like that's the best episode so far. Second best episode would probably be the first. Like, those first two episodes are really fucking good, and they set a tone. And the last thing I want to say is, um, well, you know what? I'll talk about that next week, since this arc's concluding, because it it has to do with, like, the way this arc flowed and how it wasn't really, like, super shonen compared to the arcs that are going to take place from this point forward. Uh, so we'll talk about that next week. Next week's episode is called Yusuke's Back. They make it no secret that Yusuke's coming back. But there's gonna be one last hurdle to jump, and it's something we'll see in the first half of, uh, episode five. So next week we'll be reviewing episode five, Yusuke's Back. This episode, liked it, still think it is the weakest of, uh, this section, this art, uh, so far. So... That's about it. That's about it all I had to say about that. So let's move into some topics. I have a few things I want to talk about. So I'm going to try to get through them all, but the things I want to talk about is uh, keep your hands off Izoken. I'll probably talk a little bit more about that just because I don't have too much information on it because I've only watched the first two episodes. So we'll talk about keep your hands off Izoken. I want to talk about something I forgot to talk about last week, which was uh, Tyler the Creator's uh, Grammy speech. Because I agree with him, and I just, you know, I want to talk about a little more. Um, what else did I want to talk about? The third, th- I, I felt like there were four things, but the third thing for sure that I remember is um, Team Four Star. Uh, the thing with Team Four Star, uh, how, if you didn't hear, if you don't know who Team Four Star is, they are the people, they're a YouTube channel, and they're the people, the creators, uh, who made Dragon Ball Z abridged. Uh, if you're a part of the nerd community, and the anime community especially, and you're a Dragon Ball Z fan as well, all that stuff, I feel like you should know what Dragon Ball Z abridged is. The abridged series is kind of like, um, it's a parody. It's a parody of an actual series or show. A lot of the, the these internet, like they take place on the internet, they're parodies, they joke around with the story as they go along, kind of, poke fun at inconsistencies or, like, dumb choices, this and that, but a lot of them, usually the better the parody, the better um, a bridge series are usually the ones made by people who actually enjoy and love these series that they're parodying, or making a parody of, and I feel like that makes sense because, um, purely because, I guess we're gonna talk about this one first, um, since we're already so deep into it. I feel like that works best for a parody because if you truly like something, y- y- you're going to make fun of it regardless. Like, Yu Yu Hakusho is my favorite anime of all time. I joke about Yu Yu Hakusho all the time because I love the show, and I feel like that makes better jokes. The more knowledgeable you are at um, any kind of subject, the better jokes and like things you're going to be able to point out and call out about it because you know so much about it. Rather than someone outside this community who makes, like, this kind of, like, generalization joke. And you'll be like, well, that's not really funny because that's not really true. You know what I mean? Then it leads into that whole argument of, uh... 
people were like, oh, look at you getting butthurt. I'm like, I'm, well, I'm not butthurt. You're just wrong. This joke makes no sense because that didn't happen. That kind of whole thing. But all that aside, um, I believe it was yesterday. There have been, there had already been talk before this because uh, Dragon Ball Z Abridged has been a series airing for about 11 years. They've been making Dragon Ball Z Abridged for 11 years. They made 60 episodes, and their season finales are usually parts. They're like, their season finales are usually uh, three-parters. So, it'd be like episode, for the Saiyan Saga, it was ten episodes. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But, episode ten was three parts long. So, technically, it was like twelve episodes. And, same thing with season two. Season two was twenty episodes. So then you had 22 episodes. Then you had season 3, which was 30 episodes. (laughs) And so that ended up being like 32 episodes. So technically they made 66 episodes of Dragon Ball Z Abridged, plus movies. They made several movie parodies, too. They, uh... I can't remember, like, all of them, but they made a lot. I think the last one they made... What was the last movie parody? That, I think the last movie parody they made was the Brawly movie. The first one, not Dragon Ball Super Brawly. They only do DBZ Abridged. They have little shorts that they've done for Super, just for like certain parts of it. But they didn't do a fully abridged production of anything besides Dragon Ball Z in the Dragon Ball world. But um, over the years, they, they branched out. They made other abridged series. They do Let's Plays. They do live streams. They do other original content. They've become their own, like group and company. They're they're more than DBZ abridged now, but that's what started them. That was their biggest project, that was their most popular project, arguably still is their most popular and biggest project. And that's what got them started. And these guys are sort of like the pioneers of a bridge series, like a lot of them. Like uh one of them did like a Yu Yu Hakusho abridge and a Naruto abridge before this um, I believe, th- there's, there's just, uh, one of them did a Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge, and I think he's still doing it. Stuff like that. There's just a lot. They're, they, they're the adventures of kind of like that anime abridging. They're, they're, they set the standard for it, you know? And so they, they finished episode 60, so they finished the Cell arc. Um... Sometime last year, it was like early to mid last of 2019, they finished the Cell arc. And it looked like, you know, a Boo arc was on the horizon. And originally, I believe they were talking about, like, if when they if they did a Boo arc and they finished the Boo arc, they wouldn't be doing, like, a Dragon Ball abridged or a Dragon Ball Super or a Dragon Ball GT abridged. They wouldn't be doing anything like that. If they finished the Boo arc, that was it. They were done with doing the DBZ abridged stuff. Which made sense, and I don't think anyone was too bummed about that, because they had been on board for DBZ, so they were just fine with seeing DBZ get finished a bridge. I was really excited for it, because I was like, that's going to be so cool for them to end a season. Because it looked like every time they did a season, they added like 10 episodes. So season 1 was 10 episodes, season 2 was 20, season 3 was 30. So I thought we were going to get a 40 episode season of season 4. And when I say seasons, it doesn't mean like, oh fuck, they're going to drop like, you know... Maybe like 15 episodes this first half of the year, then 15 episodes later. They dropped episodes when they could drop episodes. Whatever. They have other projects. They have time. They have families. They have stuff they got to do. So, 
Because the Cell arc started years ago. Keep in mind, like I said, they've been working on DBZ Abridged for 11 years. So, <laughs> and they they got through the Cell arc. So 60 episodes plus movies, plus whatever else, other projects they've been doing. Um, that's a huge, that's more than any Abridged series can say. Like, you know, it's a big accomplishment. And to keep that level of audience throughout those 11 years is insane. You know, that's... Other bridge series just kind of pale in comparison to the work these guys have done. And, uh... Then, uh, so recently, like, maybe, like, for the last week or two, there is, uh... Some talks and little snippets of an interview going around of, uh, one of the guys in the group saying that they might just end up doing the Boo Saga in shorts, like, mini-episodes... And not a full-fledged Dragon Ball Z abridged Boo saga. So people were bummed because they wanted a full... But it's understandable because they're busy guys. And then officially yesterday, it was announced that they kind of had just come to terms with the decision that they would no longer be moving forward with Dragon Ball Z abridged. And that there were absolutely no plans for an abridged Boo arc. And... That pretty much confirmed that DBZ Abridge ended with the ending of the Cell Saga. So a lot of people were pissed. Um, and they, they listed their reasons for why they they were doing it, which were all valid points. You know, they, they didn't feel like they could do it as good as the other content. They put a lot of their heart and soul and blood, sweat, and tears into, like, the ending of that Cell arc, and I know they did, because we didn't get the, the, the finale to the Cell arc for, like, a year. Like, episode 59 came out, and then we didn't get episode 60 until, like, a year later. But it was a production. It came out like a movie, dude. Like, if you watch all three of those parts, it, it was long. It was, like, an hour and something. It was a long finale. It was a full-fledged finale. Like, they, they really put their all into that ending. And I feel like they, I think they got to that point where it's just like, they put their all into that. And they couldn't, they don't, I don't think, they pretty much said they don't think they can, you know, go any further. Like, it's not going to be the same. Like, their heart's not going to be in it. Maybe they don't think they can abridge it as well as the other arcs. You know, a lot of factors play into it. But they came to that decision that it'd be best to quit while they're ahead and just end it on that note. Now, this does not mean... I'm pretty sure this does not mean Team 4 stars splitting up. I don't think that's what they were saying at all. Because they have plenty of other projects. They do a lot of stuff. They do Let's Plays. They do, you know, um, little uh, D&D campaign kind of stuff. They have uh, another. They have Helsing Ultimate Abridged. I don't remember if that finished or not for them yet, but they had that, and they had um, they have a, a Final Fantasy VII Machina Abridged. So it's pretty much the original Final Fantasy VII game, but they made it a bridge series of it, and they have one more season of that. They they pretty much when they show the uh, the the like when they got to that point, the finale of the last season, which recently ended. Pretty much, um, the next season is gonna be, like, the ending, the conclusion to that story. So, um, they still have other stuff they're gonna do. So, Team Four Star, by no means, is splitting up and just ending. They're just saying DBZ Abridged is no longer going to continue. And, 
for me, that's fine, because 11 years is a long time to be working on one single project. It's a long time. And longer than anyone else expected to last, honestly. And, um... When I started watching BBC Abridged, I think, about a year after it came out. I think, um... Or at least, like, a year... It was after season one had already finished, because I watched season... Me and a friend... Me and a friend watched season one all the way through. And then we were like, oh, that's it? And then we rem- I remembered when they finally released the first episode of season two, we were so hyped. We were like, oh, fuck, it's really happening. They're really going to keep going. And it's been a part of my life. And it's been a part of a lot of people's lives, because it's that nostalgia factor of, like, Dragon Ball Z, and we were all able to laugh at it because their jokes were so on point, you know? Because because they they were also fans of the series. So the jokes hit better because they actually knew the material. They knew the, the canon of the story. And like I said, you you can you can parody something better the better you know the subject. And they you could tell they were like really big fans of the Dragon Ball series because it was hilarious. Like, everything they they did for that show was, was great. And I would argue there were some more, like, serious moments that they executed better than the actual show. Like, the History of Trunks special, they did they did an abridged parody of that. And, um, the scene where, ult- where um, future Gohan, like, dies. Why did that hit so much harder than the actual scene from that special? Where Gohan dies, and like the whole trunk, like they they they're really good at producing quality content and quality episodes. So it it made sense to me, like you know why they would want to end it here. And while I am sad because I I really wanted the Boo arc, I really wanted them to bridge the Boo saga. I was ready for it. I I feel like they could have made that fucking like hilarious. It's at the same time, it's like, no use crying about it, it's not gonna happen. And, you know, they ended it on their terms, and they're, that's them. Like, you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. And they don't want to do it, so what's the use of getting mad? And the reason why I say that is, um, for the most part, majority population of Team Four Stars fan base, I guess you could split it up into three groups. And I feel like the majority is, like, me, who's like, oh, it's sad that it's ending, or people who just, you know, the Boo Arc, people who think, like, you know, the Boo Arc sucks anyway, or some shit like that. It's the group of people that's just like, we get why you're ending it. Like, it's okay. Like, go ahead, do what you need to do. You don't need to keep doing it if you don't want to. Which is fine, because it's their decision. They don't have to do something they don't want to do. They, I'm going to get to it, but, um... There's another group who, while they understand, and they're just like, yo, dude, if you want to end it, you want to end it, but they're going to probably, like, either unsub or say subbed and not watch anything from Team Four Star, just because the main thing they came to consume was the the DBZ abridged stuff, so they're no longer going to watch, and... I don't watch everything Team Four Star makes, but I do watch some stuff from Team Four, a good chunk of stuff from Team Four Star, which is a good thing because um, they have so many like things they're doing 
there's a lot of options to to choose from with what you can enjoy from them. Like they have other abridged stuff. Like you, like I said, they have the Final Fantasy VII abridged. They've done let's plays, uh, plenty of let's plays. They did a let's play of Attack of the Sands. So you looking for some Attack of the Sands content? Boom, right there. You, you, I'm just saying, Dragon Ball Z Attack of the Sands is a good game. <laughs> um, so you have that level of like fandom where it's like respect dude but you know i'm probably not gonna watch your stuff anymore which is also fine you don't have you're not um what's the word why am i forgetting the word you're not obligated to uh say subscribe to them just be just because um oh you support like yeah if you only like one thing from a person you don't have to like everything from that one person that's just kind of how it works just like they don't have to keep doing abridged, you don't have to keep watching their stuff after Dragon Ball Z abridged. And then there's um, the toxic fandom. And I feel like it's the smallest between these three groups. It's, like, very small, but they're... You know how toxic portions of a fandom are. They're very vocal, and they're just assholes in general. Um, These people suck, and... (laughs) It's kind of scummy the way they uh, express how they feel about this whole announcement, because it's it's really it's really entitled the way they uh, the way they talk about this. They're just like, oh, really? You're just gonna end it after that? You're gonna lead us on, give us false hope for all these months, man? Fuck you guys! You guys suck. This is why your channel's gonna die because this and that and that and that. Like people like, oh, you got money hungry, you got greedy, and First off, um, you saying them ending Dragon Ball Z a bridge because they got money hungry sounds fucking stupid, because (laughs) that's their biggest project. That probably brings the biggest draw of a fan base to their channel and brings the most traffic to their channel. So how is them being money hungry leading to them ending Dragon Ball Z a bridge? You would think it'd be the opposite, right? You would think they'd try to milk Dragon Ball for all it was worth because that was bringing them the most... the biggest crowd. So that made no sense. Like, that that was a real comment somebody said on their little... on their Facebook post. This is from yesterday. This is why I'm talking about this now because it's so fresh. Um, that was fucking ridiculous to me. I was just like... First of all, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't, I don't understand where you got that information from. That makes no fucking sense. Um, but there's another dude saying, like, wow, you're just really gonna lead your fans on for six months saying, like, y'all, you're gonna do a blue organ, you're fucking not. If you knew you were gonna fucking do this, you should have told us from the start this and that. First of all, first of all, you're not entitled to, to anything. Like, I am so sick of this. While YouTubers should definitely feel grateful and blessed and, like, any creator should feel thankful for their fan base because without the fan base, they wouldn't be as big as they were, of course. That's what drives it. But at the same time, they're not entitled, you're not entitled to them pushing something out or stuff of that nature. Yes, reading that post, it seemed like for a while they were already considering not continuing Dragon Ball Z abridged, but it seemed like the reason why they waited until now to say anything 
was because they were make they were confirming everything. They were making sure they had you know their explanation all lined up. They were making sure like, hey, are we really not going to be doing this? Like this and that. They didn't want to just make an announcement and not be sure of themselves. So it made sense why they would want to wait because they were thinking of alternatives. They were like, oh, maybe we'll just do it in shorts. But then they realized, oh, that might not translate best. So maybe we shouldn't do the shorts. Maybe we shouldn't do it. So you saying, like, they should have told us from the start is bullshit because, no, they shouldn't have. They did the right thing in getting their thoughts together, making that final decision, and doing what they thought was best. You are not entitled to information as off the top at all times 24-7. Shut the fuck up. You have to wait like everyone else. They told you. They are very thankful for for you watching, for you supporting. And it's weird that people... It's weird how quick a lot of people, like, turned on them because they are ending a series that they don't feel like making anymore. And the thing that annoys me about it is... These same people would be the people that if Team Four Star, let's say Team Four Star did make the Boo Saga of a bridge, let's say they did it, even though their hearts weren't in it as much as the previous arcs, let's say they just are like, we got to do it, we said this, let's just force it out, and it came out looking bad, like it was not as good, of, it wasn't as a good of quality as the the older stuff, especially the Cell Saga. Um, let's let's say it wasn't meeting that that level of quality. Those same people that are complaining now would be complaining about how bad the Boo arc was. So it's just like they made the best decision of just like rather than fuck up our series kind of like legacy and ending on this lower note, let's end on a high note because we don't feel we can do this as well as we've done. Which is fine. Which was the smart decision. So you getting upset about that and then throwing like a tantrum because they don't feel like doing something anymore? That's That sounds like a you issue, buddy. Like, like how are you going to get mad at somebody for not wanting to do something anymore? You told me sooner. Oh, fucking well. They're telling you now. Like, because imagine if they were like, okay, yeah, we're probably not going to do a boo arc as soon as the cell arc ended. There still would have been an uproar. But what if they change their mind? What if they were like, oh, let's do a boomer? Then people would have a reason to complain about that, too. They did the smart thing and gathering their thoughts and really finalizing a decision before they said anything. That was the best choice they could have made. And um, Kaiser, one of the, the people that works on the team, I believe his name is real name is uh, Scott Francis or something like that, uh, he... He posted a Twitter post um, saying how thankful... He posted a tweet this morning saying how thankful he was for all the fans, for all the love, like, you guys really came through and supported us as we made this parody of an anime through all these years, and he was really thankful. And you can tell, like, these... They're a really cool bunch of dudes because, uh... They really enjoyed what they were doing while they were doing it. They enjoy doing what they're doing now. And they're really thankful. Like, they're honestly thankful for the fan base they have and the success they've gathered. So, people complaining, I feel like that's so weird. How are you that entitled over a parody series? Like, 
Like, it's not that deep, bro. Like, we're all sad the show's not going to continue, but it's not that deep. Be over it. Be like, oh, that's a bummer. But you know what? You guys did your thing for, like, 11 years. You're moving on to better thing. 11 years! You wanted the... And who knows how long it would have took for them to do the Boo Saga. That could have been another seven years right there. Like, and that sounds like an exaggeration, but it's really not. Because it's... The Cell Arc ended in 2019. I believe the Cell Arc started in 2012. <laughs> like, so that took, like, what? Seven years? <laughs> so it's not that far-fetched to say that probably could have taken them another seven to ten... Could have taken them up to another decade. Do you really think they feel like doing that shit for another ten years? They're going to be, like, older dudes. It's going to be 2030. Like, they didn't want to do it. <laughs> Leave them alone. It's weird to just be complaining about that stuff. People are adults. Let them live their lives. But, um, big ups to Team Four Star. They are definitely always going to be remembered as icons. And I'm saying it like it's over. Their channel's definitely not over. They have a huge fan base, and they do other projects, and the and the reason why they continue to do other projects is clearly because the projects get enough support for them to continue it. You wouldn't keep making, putting time and effort into content that nobody was watching or enjoying, so clearly people enjoy it. So they're going to be fine. They might take a little hit. They might take, you know, like a chunk because of Dragon Ball Z Abridged ending, but I feel like they're going to have more time to focus on other projects, especially original content. And that's only going to bring them a bigger fan base because they don't want to just be known as these, like, one-hit wonders for a bridge, clearly. They want, for Dragon Ball Z, a bridge, clearly. They want to do other stuff. So, good for them. I think licensing issues also fit, uh, were a big deal for them because, um... What's it called? Um... Is it Fuji TV and Toy Animation? They get seriously butthurt about like copyright stuff. Even when stuff is fair use, they will take your shit down and strike your channel. At one point, I think Team Four Star's channel got deleted for like a period of time, like a couple years back. They got their channel back, of course, but that was wild. <laughs> like, like they they got like Toy Animation got really fucking aggressive and just took their channel down, even though. Team Four Star was in fair they they had the right to fair use. Like they could do that. They weren't profiting off of DBZ abridged. And like I said, like Money Hungry Thing is weird because DBZ abridged is a non profit fan based parody. <laughs> so like they probably make money off the merchandise, but the draw of their channel is abridged to watch other stuff, including original content, get merchandise that makes the money like that. It, it, it's weird, but people are people are weird. People always have some reason to be upset about something. Um, that's pretty much it for Abridged. Um, look forward to... I recommend Helsing Ultimate Abridged. That's a good Abridged series that they have. Uh, if you haven't watched Dragon Ball Z Abridged, I suggest you do it. It's really good. It's really, like, uh... It's funny, and it's pretty accurate to the story for the most part still. Of course they take liberties, because it's a parody, but... You can enjoy the Dragon Ball Z storyline through a bridge. And, uh... I also heard rumors that they might be taking... 
DBZ abridged off their channel just for copyright reasons. I'm not sure about that. Hopefully they don't. But I think they also have, like, a website that they put all the episodes up on after their channel got taken. They did that as a precaution. Just to have a backup in case a situation where their channel got deleted happened again. I believe they do have, like, a website of some sort where you can also watch the episodes. So, if you want to do that, there's always a backup. But if you also want to illegally download the episodes, I didn't say you could, but maybe you should. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't hear that for me. Um, so, Team Four Star aside, uh, I I had a lot more to say about that than I thought, but that, that had a big impact on a lot of people. Um... I think we'll talk about the whole Tyler the Creator thing, and then maybe, I guess next week I'll talk about, uh, keep your hands off Izoken a little more in depth next week, because I probably won't have enough time to do it now, but if I do it next week, then I can catch up on whatever episodes I need to watch, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be up to episode 6 by the time I go back to watching it, so that's like four more episodes to watch, I'll watch those. And then I can kind of talk about it a little more in depth. But just know that that show is great, and you should also give it a watch. And a uh, side note for uh, Keep Your Hands Off Yuzokin, the opening is a fucking slap. Right? Uh, it's probably like my favorite anime opening of 2020 so far. And I know it's only February, <laughs> so and that show came out in January, I believe. So, I, I know it's a bit of a stretch <laughs> to say that, but, but, probably my favorite anime opening of 2020, if we're being perfectly honest. Uh, I really, really like it. It's a fun song, and it fits the show really well. So, yeah, give that a shot. Uh, I'm going to catch up on the episodes throughout this week, and then I can talk about it next podcast. That, that'll be the theme. Um, but anywho, I think we're going to end it off on this whole, uh, something I was supposed to talk about last week that I forgot to, and, uh, Tyler, the creator, won some Grammys. Um, he won his first Grammy at this year's Grammys, and, uh, Grammy controversy aside, because I know there's the whole thing with the Grammy, like, you know, people are saying fuck the Grammys, also agree, fuck the Grammys, but it was always... Tyler, Tyler, even from, like, the start of his career way back in the day, like, during, like, the whole, uh, bastard and, uh, goblin days, uh, he always talked about wanting a Grammy. Like, he, he wanted to win a Grammy. And he finally did it. So, good for him. Shout out to him. Good for him. Um, Igor was a really good album. It was probably one of my favorite albums of 2019. And I'm, I'm mad that I forgot, I still am to, still fucking mad that I forgot about it when I was talking about my favorite albums, uh, like, a month, like, yeah, a month or two ago on the podcast, I was talking, and I was like, and I knew I was forgetting one, I kept saying, like, I'm forgetting one, and it's gonna come to me, I'm gonna be mad that I forgot it, and that's what it was, it was Igor, but, um, Igor was really, really good, and, and Tyler did his whole Grammy speech, and he was clearly, you know, thankful for winning the Grammy, he was like, wow, this is great, like, but he also had some things to say about the Grammys, pretty much what he was saying was, um, he thought it was, well, he, he believes it's pretty much offensive and kind of racist to just, any black artist, regardless of, like, 
what music they put out that year, how it sounded, always kind of gets put in, like, an urban category. And he was saying, well, why couldn't I have been put in, like, pop? Because Igor was not a rap album. If you listen to Igor, it definitely wasn't a rap album. It had some rapping in it here and there. But it wasn't a rap album. It definitely was kind of like this, like, poppy, hip-hop, fusion with a, a bunch of other genres. It was really unique. It was it was a really solid project, though. And you could tell he put a lot of time and effort and energy into it. So he, he was like, it's kind of weird for them to just put me in the urban category just because, you know, I'm a black guy. And he compared it to, like, you know, he compared it to when uh, your little cousin or your little si- your younger sibling wanted to play the game and you gave him the controller but you didn't plug the controller in. He said that's pretty much how the Grammys, like, did him, in a sense. And I can definitely agree with that because it, it is weird that he got placed in those categories considering the fact that Igor wasn't that kind of genre specifically. And what's the best way to word it? There isn't a best way to word it. It is kind of low-key racist. <laughs> but I think we, we've all always known the Grammys have been low-key, high-key racist. <laughs> and also, who cares about the Grammys? <laughs> like, like shout-out to him and big-ups to him because that was, like, one of his goals. But... Also, fuck, fuck the Grammys. Um, honestly, who who gives a shit? But I do fully, fully, fully agree with what he was saying. Um, why couldn't they have more categories opened up? Why do people just get put in like this urban category? It's like, oh, you're you're a rapper, even though he didn't make a rap album. Oh, we'll put you in the best rap album category or the best hit. Like, but that's not the music he made this time around. You know, it, it was just weird. And he, he called them out on that. And I was like, big big kudos on you, my guy, for saying, some, for saying that. Because no one was really saying it at that point. And Tyler's always kind of been a really straightforward, blunt dude. So he he spoke his mind and didn't kind of have a filter. Didn't have a filter on it, which is good. Um... So, maybe we'll see some change with the Grammys in the coming years. Who knows? Things can change. Shit happens. But, I doubt it. (laughs) But the fact that, you know, Tyler was the one to man up and say something was really dope. Really like him as an artist. Really, oh, excuse me. Sorry. Really like his evolution as an artist. And... Oh, no. I feel like that's about it I have to say on that. Just the fact that... I just wanted to say that I definitely fucking agree. <laughs> I was gonna do a little, um... Side episode, like, like the whole another random rant thing on that. But I decided I was just like, nah, I'll just talk about it next week. Because, um... There wasn't much to say on it besides the fact of saying I agree. So there wasn't, like, a big rant in that. I could have done the whole rant on the Team 4 Star thing, but... I didn't see that post until yesterday, and I was out all day. By the time I got home, it was like 7 o'clock, so I, I ended up doing like a little rant thing. But I think that's about all the information I was going to be talking about this week was going to be. Um, so to kind of wrap everything up, since I have a little bit of extra time, I wanted to bring up the fact that 
I should soon, well, probably by March, somewhere early March, I'll have some better equipment for uh, recording the podcast and some other stuff in general, maybe some more like better like streaming stuff or like the rants and things of that nature, just better quality stuff in the coming weeks, so look forward to that. If not late February, then early March. That should ideally be when it happens. I should be getting like a new computer so I can type my story stuff up on. Uh, I'm going to do the podcast recording straight from the computer. I've been looking up, you know, some better headphones for recording, like mics for like a podcast recording. I've been doing like little bits of research here and there. So I'm probably going to look a little more deeper into that stuff, figure out what I need to do and what will be best personally for me and my setup. That way I have uh, better audio quality. Because that's one thing that really needs to improve. Because I, I record from my, my phone with, like, these Bluetooth headphones. And um could definitely be better sounding. So, I, I, I know. I know, I know, I know. Also, when I get the computer, I also want to upload the podcast to other platforms. That way there's more options for people to listen. Like, uh, so I'm going to look into that. If you know any, like, really good, like podcasting platforms I should be uploading my stuff to, let me know, and I'll look into that, and then by the time I get the new computer and the new setup, I'll probably expand on uh, wherever I upload the podcast at. So, but right now, the best place to, to support is the Podbean app, fresh out of here, so go ahead and, you know, like it, leave a comment, say something, say what's up, let me know how you feel, any questions, comments, concerns... Da, da 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 and why not follow, you know, let me know you're supporting. Uh, I also upload it to the Facebook page, Art Projects Facebook page. That is a capital A, a capital R, a capital T, then a capital P, and then the rest lowercase project, Art Project. You can search it up, it's a page. Uh, I upload the podcast episodes there. I upload any updates I have for podcast topics. Uh, upload any updates to the comic book I'm working on, another random tale straight to there, and anything else I'm working on, upload straight to there. That's kind of like the hub world for me and the best place to look up uh, any updates for anything I'm doing. Also kind of the best place to contact me as well if you want to, if you have any questions for like, you know, business purposes, want to work together, stuff like that, that'd be cool too. Um, but yeah, uh, within this next month, gap of time, expect an upgrade, so hopefully we'll get to that when we get to that, also just wanted to say thanks for supporting, um, cool, 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 we're 32 episodes deep, next week is episode 3-3, that's kind of crazy, <laughs> so, uh, next week, uh, I'll catch up on Keep Your Hands Off, Izokin, we'll get to that, we'll talk about that, because I really think it's a fantastic show. Also, uh, I just want to say, if you have watched Keep Your Hands Off Easy Again, uh, I believe her name is Kanamori. Fucking same energy. <laughs> like, her energy is fucking top-notch. All about that bread. I feel it. <laughs> um, but other than that, that's about it. And I'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. And later. Stay tight.
Manchester. The 